What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week 11 running back rankings. So just going through the uh, top 36 running backs for this specific week. As always, if you have any questions, drop those down below. I'll respond to every single person. And then if you guys do enjoy the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. We have the uh, Thursday night game on tonight between the uh, Packers and the Titans. If you guys want to play some of the uh, fun pickums on Underdog Fantasy Football, if you use code Quinn or the link in the description, they will double your first deposit up to $100. And one of the plays that I really like in that game, I think earlier in the week I talked about the uh, Robert Woods receiving line uh, going for the uh, lower or the under. I also like the Alan Lazard uh, 48 and a half receiving yard line. I like the uh, higher on that one. When we're looking at the uh, games that Lazard has played with Rodgers, they've played eight games together. In those games, Lazard has accounted for 24.6% of Rodgers' passing yards. When we look at Rodgers' uh, passing yard line for this game, it's sitting at 244.5. So Lazard's line is only sitting at 19.8% of Rodgers' total passing line. I think there's a disconnect there, and I would be hitting the uh, higher on Alan Lazard's number. So if you guys want to use that play, um, like I said, link in the bio or code Quinn. But let's uh, jump right into the running back rankings. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time, you know, just uh, differentiating between these top options. I have Saquon at one, Eckler at two, McCaffrey at three. Let's be honest, like these guys are starting in every single league. So there's not really a ton of point in uh, nitpicking between these guys. Then I have Derrick Henry at four, you know, continues to be very dominant this season. Jonathan Taylor, who seems like he's back to, you know, basically 100% of himself. Uh, he's healthy off that ankle injury coming off of a big game. So he comes in here at number five. I have Nick Chubb at six going up against the Bills. Not an easy matchup, but Nick Chubb just continues to give you high-end, you know, RB production. At seven, I have Josh Jacobs. Pretty neutral matchup for the running backs here going up against the Broncos, but someone who I think is locked in as like a mid-tier running back one rest of season. Then at eight, I have Joe Mixon taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off the bye week. I think the week before the bye is the one where he just had that like game-breaking performance. So, you know, expecting RB1 numbers out of Joe Mixon. Then at number nine, I have Ramondre Stevenson. And I just kind of want to point to how dominant Ramondre has been as of late. He has just been on an absolute tear ever since week three. So these are his uh, stats over the last seven games. He's averaging 19.8 PPR points per game. In those seven games, he has seen five or more targets in six out of seven of them. And then the past three weeks, he has seen 22 total targets. So this man is a locked in running back one moving forward. And that is why I have him ranked here at number nine. 10, I have Dalvin Cook, you know, a solid back-end RB1. Kamara has been a uh, roller coaster so far this season. The touchdowns haven't been there. He's had a few games where he has crazy receiving involvement, and then, you know, he'll follow it up with a, you know, subpar rushing game and then limited work in the receiving department. Unfortunately, it looks like they're going to uh, continue rolling with Andy Dalton, which I just don't think is great for really any of these fantasy weapons. I still think we have to fire up Kamara as a fringe running back one, but you know, someone who you probably were expecting uh, bigger things out of when you drafted him this season. I certainly know I was. Then to wrap up the running back ones, I have Damian Pierce here going up against the Washington Commanders, still giving you solid production even when he's not getting into the end zone, which I think is a nice floor that I probably wasn't expecting early on in the season. Now moving over to the running back twos, running back 13 through 24, 
At 13 here, I have Aaron Jones going up against the Titans, someone who's going to be a fringe uh, running back one week to week. You know, I think he's going to have a solid workload on the ground, will also be involved as a pass catcher, but he does have A.J. Dillon, you know, kind of cutting into that uh, workload on the ground. At 14, I have James Conner, and I understand that this is a tough matchup here against the 49ers, but when I'm looking at some of the guys who, you know, I have ranked a little bit behind him, I feel like the workload of James Conner is kind of going to carry him in this spot. He may not be super efficient, but we're not going to see, you know, many other running backs here who are going to have like a 90% snap share, just dominating the carries, dominating the receiving opportunities. It kind of looks like that's what's uh, going to be going on for James Conner moving forward. So I do like him here as a high-end running back too, even though this is a tough matchup. At 15, I have Miles Sanders coming off of a down game. When you know you're in the role that Miles Sanders has, where he's not super involved as a pass catcher, primarily getting you know work done on the ground, that's going to happen when you're thrown off into a weird game script. I still think he's someone you can fire up as a very strong running back too. At 16, I have David Montgomery going up against the Falcons, and in the start sit video, I had kind of a, a pretty negative outlook on David Montgomery, and then we see that Khalil Herbert is going on IR which for Montgomery's fantasy value is huge. I mean, like he was trending towards being like unstartable or only being startable in favorable matchups. He was in like a 50-50 carry split between Khalil Herbert. And now he's in a spot where like he may be the workhorse moving forward. I think the same problems do remain for Montgomery in the sense that he just hasn't been an efficient runner. We saw Khalil Herbert was just far better in his opportunities. Montgomery's only adding 3.8 yards per carry. Now, when you add work on top of that, like, is that number, are we expecting it to get better? I think you'd probably think it would get worse. Not sure it can get much lower than 3.8. I think the Bears also have limited receiving opportunities for David Montgomery. He's going to run a really strong number of routes. It's just that the passing volume as a whole is low. And then Fields is not someone who's uh, very prone to check downs. He'd much rather scramble around, use his legs which I just think makes sense, uh, you know, logically. But this is a solid matchup here against the Falcons. They've allowed the sixth most points per game to running backs. So I imagine when some of you guys, you know, who have Montgomery saw the news about the Herbert injury, I think some people may, you know, be overreacting a little bit, thinking he's all of a sudden going to be a running back one. It's definitely a huge help to Montgomery. I think he's going to be like a mid-tier running back two moving forward. So definitely an upgrade. But I'm not going, you know, way overboard here for David Montgomery. At 17, I have Tony Pollard going up against the Vikings. Now, obviously, this is going to depend on the status of Ezekiel Elliott. I'd be expecting Zeke to play in this game. If Zeke doesn't play, I think he's in that probably Cook-Camara range, probably even up there with Ramondre. So definitely a big swing. This ranking here is assuming that Zeke will be in the lineup. At 18, I have Cordero Patterson going up against the Bears. I feel like people have kind of uh, soured on Patterson after really one down game. I think he's going to see an increased workload here against the Bears. Remember, he's only two games removed from coming off of IR. So with them having the uh, Thursday night game last week, he's going to have a week and a half since they last played. The Bears are a great matchup for opposing running backs. They have allowed the seventh most points per game to the running back position and are definitely trending down in that area. So I think um, you can feel pretty solid throwing Cordero Patterson in as like a mid-tier running back too. At 19, I have Jamal Williams going up against the Giants. This is still somewhat of a committee here for the Lions. Williams isn't going to give you much uh, receiving upside, but he is going to give you a pretty solid workload on the ground. 
At 20, I have Deonta Foreman going up against the Ravens. He has just had some monster performances since he has taken over as the starter. I think he's going to maintain, you know, that uh, clear-cut RB1 role. And, you know, I think he's going to keep rolling here as a running back too. At 21, I have Devin Singletary. This is definitely a favorable matchup here for Singletary. So I do have him slotted in here as like a back-end running back too. Typically wouldn't be uh, as high on Singletary, but I think that's where he's going to fall this week. 22, I have Antonio Gibson, a fantastic matchup for these commander running backs. I like Gibson because he's going to be giving you that receiving upside, whereas B-Rob is just getting work on the ground. But I think he's a solid running back to play this week. And this honestly may uh, be a little low looking back in hindsight if the commanders truly are able to uh, establish their ground game. At 23, I have Isaiah Pacheco. And I'm actually kind of surprisingly pretty interested in Pacheco moving forward. It looks like CEH is basically phased out of this offense. We saw Pacheco uh, carry the ball 16 times for 82 yards. Now, the issue is he did not log a reception, and I don't even think he was targeted in this matchup. But when we actually look at the uh, routes run, you know, you would assume that McKinnon just dominated that area because I think he had like eight targets or something like that. But actually, we saw Pacheco run 16 routes to McKinnon's 18. So they were actually pretty tight in that uh, routes run area. We also see that uh, the Chargers have allowed the third most points per game to the running back position. So if we're going to be given Pacheco in the 15 carry range, I'd be expecting a pretty solid day out of him. And then to wrap up the RB2s, I have Najee Harris here at 24 going up against the Bengals. Not someone you're excited about playing, but, you know, suitable as a uh, low-end RB2, uh, you know, RB3 flex option. Now into the running back threes, going to start it off with Ezekiel Elliott. Now, like I said, we're not uh, positive he is going to play in this game. If he does play, he could be on some sort of, you know, snap count, um, some sort of carry limit. So these are all things that are going to be factored in here. I still think he's probably going to be, you know, the guy with the touchdown upside in this offense, likely getting the work on the goal line. So I think, you know, high-end running back three, he is in play. At 26, I have Gus Edwards, another guy, uh, you know, dealing with an injury. I would expect him to play in this game. And if he plays, I would expect him to lead this backfield. Now, if that was a guarantee, he'd probably be moved up a few spots. But, you know, with the uh, Ravens backfield, there's always some weird stuff that could kind of happen there. So that's where he slots in here at 26. At 27, I have Brian Robinson, talked about the great matchup for Antonio Gibson. We're going to see B-Rob have a solid role on the ground. At 28, I have Elijah Mitchell. I think he was definitely more involved in the uh, 49ers game plan than really anyone expected, you know, out carrying CMC. I don't think that's something that's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. I think he could be a better play in, you know, great matchups. This is a uh, pretty neutral matchup here against the uh, Cardinals run D, but you know, with four bye weeks, if you're super desperate, Mitchell in the flex or the RB2 spot, I think you could do worse. At 29 and 30, I have back-to-back Jets running backs, Michael Carter and James Robinson. I'd be expecting a full-on 50-50 committee in this game between these two guys. That's what we saw before the bye week. So I'd be expecting them to uh, roll that out again. At 31, I have Melvin Gordon. You know, I really just would rather stay away from this uh, Broncos backfield But it seems like every week, you know, one of these guys is going to give you a decent day. You just kind of have to, uh, you know, pick your poison and guess who it's going to be. At 32, I have DeAndre Swift. And I feel like some people may still be a little optimistic on Swift moving forward. And if you think he's, you know, someone to buy low, you know, while his value is just totally tanked, I'm not going to, you know, argue too hard against that. 
But in terms of someone who's going to be a week-to-week play, like he can't even be close to trusted in lineups at this point. Like I'm someone who is a massive Swift guy coming into the season. I have a lot of shares of him in redraft. You know, I loved him at that one-two turn. I really thought he was going to be a league winner. But we have to separate like the early season production, Swift's name value, and you know, supposed upside from what we're actually seeing on the field as of late. He is in a three-man committee on the Lions offense. He doesn't even have the third down roll locked down, and he has 13 total carries over the past three weeks. It's not looking good for Swift, so he is going to be like a mid-tier running back three for me, and you know may not even make the top 36 if we didn't have bye weeks. 33, I have Kareem Hunt. The production has just really fallen off for Hunt. He has a tough matchup here against the Bills, so not someone I'd be excited about for fantasy. At 34, I have Latavius Murray. Like I talked about with Gordon, it's a gross backfield. This is a decent matchup here against the Raiders. So, you know, he could have the day or it could be Gordon or, you know, maybe it's a wild card and it's a Chase Edmonds day. And then we've got Jalen Warren here at 35. He has a decently like locked in role here in the Steelers backfield, but definitely not someone you really want to be trusting. You know, the running back two for the Steelers offense, not a great role to have. And then 36, I have Jarek McKinnon. He has provided some receiving upside the past few weeks. I think, you know, maybe the volume is a little misleading. Like I said, I think he had like eight receptions, only ran 18 routes. We definitely can't be expecting, you know, that rate of targets per route run, but he has shown here and there he can give you, you know, decent fantasy performances, especially in PPR formats. So that is going to wrap it up for the top 36 running backs. As always, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll be posting the uh, wide receiver rankings also, so go check those out. If you want to sign up for Underdog Fantasy Football, link in the description or use code Quinn. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.